Right, do you want to put Luke chapter 2 up? I hope you're excited by being involved with this, because I am. <clears throat> okay. I hear Mark Henley did a stonking job of, of setting us going on this, so it's always a bit of a, a challenge to follow. <clears throat> Luke, Luke chapter 2 is, is basically uh, the story of Jesus' birth and uh, uh, his consecration in the temple. Um, and it doesn't go into the same details as you get in Matthew, um, but it, it gives gives some. But um, you know, we'll read some of this. But just before we start to read it, it just is one of those most extraordinary things that, as Christians, we we, we, we can easily pass over the enormity of of the fact that God became man. It is just staggering. Now, the, the incarnation is is of a, of a level of mystery that we must never uh, just get used to. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the sense, it is, that is a staggering thing that God chose to do. Became man. Born, little baby. How vulnerable is that? Very. And um, a number of years ago, I did a, a sermon uh, called How Much Did Christmas Cost the Father? And it cost him a lot. And the price that, that God pays <coughs> for us to know him is, is, is beyond measure. And um, so I've loved it, you know, just connecting with Father God this morning. And, and his love is amazing. God so loved the world that he sent his son. The reason that Jesus came is because God loves the world. And he still does. He, he hasn't stopped loving the world. <clears throat> and so the, the incarnation is simply, it, it, it's just mind-boggling, really. Um, and it's one of the things, it, it sets Christianity apart from any other religion on earth. Um, all, all, all other religions basically are trying to attain to God. In some way or another. The essence of Christianity is God came to us. Not us trying to get to him. Because we couldn't. We could never make it. That that gap could not be bridged by us. Just because our our sin got in the way. Our separation from him through, through the choices that we made. So God made a choice. He said he bridged the gap. And that, that's what, what, what this is about. God so loved the world that he sent his son and he sent him as a baby. That's amazing, is it not? Yeah. A baby who could, could have been killed. Needed to be protected by humans. And Joseph protected Jesus. And... Um, Just meditate on it for a moment. Just think, wow, that's how much you love me. <laughs> he really does love us that much. That he gave everything. So, <clears throat> And if you've got nothing else to thank God for on any one given day, thank him for Jesus. That should be enough to keep you happy. 
You should. I'm not, I'm not flipping about that. You know, if you think you're facing a bad day? Think of Jesus. <laughs> you, you, got, you got given everything. And I think as Tim pointed out, because I'm just going to clip the sword, but you were saying actually we now have Holy Spirit inside us. So the incarnation is still real. It's not a story from 2,000 years ago. This is not just, oh, that's that nice Christmas story. God came down. No, this is, this, this, Jesus did it so that actually it could become real for every one of us that God lives in me. Wow. So if you're born again, this is true for you. God's lived, God's living inside you. How amazing is that? I'm going to get you happy at some stage with this. I, 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 I'm working at it. I'm working at it. But it's, it's a sense of that. Uh, um, <laughs> how did he fit in there? Well, I have no idea. But he, this is reality. God came down and he lives inside you. It wasn't just in Luke chapter 2, 2,000 years ago. So if you, uh, forget... Go through that. We won't read it all. If we get down to go to the next one, verse ten. See if we find verse ten. Oops. Yeah, there we go. Um, if we go from verse nine, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. This is this is the uh, the um, shepherds. Uh, but the angel said to them, "Don't be afraid." That's quite a common thing. Apparently, angels are quite scary to look at or encounter most people seem to get scared um, I know that when Kim encountered her angel big 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 guy she wasn't quite sure what to do or say uh, so then it says what, 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 what is happening he says, says don't be afraid I bring you good news of what great joy and who's it for all the people yeah and I think this is really important to understand that the, the, the way this is announced on planet Earth is this is good news of great joy available for everyone. Yeah, this is, Christianity is good news of joy available for everyone. And um, we have a depth of joy available to us that, that is, it says, it actually talks about it's unsurpassable and uncontainable. Uncontainable. Uh, oh, Eartha, can I borrow your bottle? Is that all right? Thank you very much. I'll come to that in a minute. So. <clears throat> um, good news, a great joy that will be for all people. Um, that's not full at the moment, is it? I've been drinking out of that. So. You, what happens if you fill it up? You get full again, don't you? Yep. And then you can put the lid on it, and that keeps it nice and safe. So what happens if you take the lid off? Can I do this? All right? Happy? A bit late. A bit, bit late now if I didn't know. A bit too late. <clears throat> okay. So if we want to fill it up, what do we do? Put that under the tap, yeah? Okay. Um, what happens if you leave it under the tap? Overflows. So how far could that overflow? Got enough for everyone? Yeah, because if, as long as you keep pouring in, this will reach as far as you let it. See, 
we have enough joy not just to fill ourselves. And this is where I think sometimes we make the mistake. We think getting filled with the Holy Spirit is to keep me going. And then once I've got enough, I'll put the lid back on. And then I can drink. And when I get a little bit empty, I'll take the lid off. And I fill up again. And this is what Christianity is about. Get enough to keep me going through life and, oh, look, getting a little bit low. Oh, better fill up again. Oh, get through life. It's a hard, having a really hard week, really hard week. Oh, it's got even empty. Better go back. Get it back, back to, back to that place, Eastgate, on that Sunday morning. Put it under the tap of blessing. Get filled up and, oh, I'm running out. I'm not sure I'm going to have enough for this week. Oh, look, I've run out of joy. So many Christians live their lives like that. <clears throat> See, you should never take the, yourself away from the source of joy, and you should never put the lid on. Because then, you, then you're not worrying whether you've got enough. See, so many Christians worry whether they've got enough. Because they keep on putting the... Do you know when you put the lid on? That's you, you staying in control of your life. Deciding how much of God you're going to have. <laughs> I'll get enough to keep me going. It talks about uncontainable joy. Uncontainable. Enough to flow over to flood your environment. To start to put some joy out there for all people. Yeah, you're starting to get it over there, aren't you, Fleur? I know, it's come. <coughs> I've often said, I've been saying this a bit recently, I find it very strange, it's more acceptable to be miserable in church than, than happy. <coughs> Quite normal. Sit there looking bored. But to laugh, that's very strange in church. If you're a visitor here, then... We don't put a lid on laughter, okay? I just refuse to do so. Why? Because I don't, I'm not going to put a lid on people's joy. That's not my job. I'm, I, and trust me, I'm not going to control your lid. <laughs> your lid's your your in your hands. I'd throw it away if I were you, but that'd be, that's, your, that's, your, that's your choice. <coughs> really is. It's, God, this is, what, this is what freedom is about. God's given you freedom. You get to choose what you, what you do with your life. It's up to you how far it's going to flow. In one sense. What I know is this. I'm just disowned. I, I, I threw my lid away a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I decided it wasn't a lot of fun having the lid on. <laughs> and I just got to keep this under the, under, under the tap. Of God's resources. You know, I, I, I recommend it as a way to live. Because people say, how, how happy can you be every day? Wow. That just keeps on flowing. It's kind of funny, really. You think, wow, look at it. It's reached over there. This is what your life should do. This is the incarnation within you. This, do you understand what this? This incarnation is now within you. It's not just... 
not just talking about Jesus 2,000 years ago. Well, that's a nice story, that Christmas story. No, this, this, Jesus came so that we could be like him, have a Holy Spirit inside us, and be joy and good news for all the people. Yeah. Well, that's exciting, isn't it, to be like that? Do you want your lib back on here? <laughs> she's, not, she's not watching, she doesn't know, she's, she's unaware. I, I, here we go. I better, better retrieve it just in case she wants to put the lid back on. And now in Earth, she probably doesn't. I'll keep it there for a moment. Is that, I want you to understand the, the enormity of the incarnation in you. Because we can read it. Hey, that's amazing. Jesus came in the form of a baby. Well, the Holy Spirit's come in the form of you. Now, how risky is that? You think, <laughs> Jesus was pretty vulnerable. Well, Holy Spirit, he made himself pretty vulnerable as well. He's made you his temple. I'm sure, so, sure we, we could look out and say, God, I'm not sure this is a great idea. Do you know who we are? He knows everything. He, he knows everything. Okay, turn with me to um, a bit further down. And uh, we come to a guy called, verse 25, a guy called Simeon. Where are we? There he is. He's up there somewhere. There was a man called Simeon. Who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That means comfort, I think. Um, basically, he was waiting around. And the Holy Spirit was on him. That's important. Okay. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. So this is a guy who was used to God being on him. At that stage, it couldn't be in him because Jesus hadn't died and yet, but, but, but he could have the Holy Spirit. He was, and he, he was obviously able to hear God and discern what God was saying. And God had revealed to him that one of the purposes of his life was to see the saviour before he died wow okay so 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 he lines his life up with that that revelation and that promise so so in order to, to do that he, 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 and i don't know whether whether it was i have no idea it doesn't say it doesn't we don't know whether it was revealed to him that, 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 that you know the savior would come as a baby we don't know but what I do know is, is he probably worked some things out and he, he positioned himself to be in a place where that is most likely to happen. He, he, yeah? So he, he's around the temple because that's where baby boys got consecrated. That went, so, so Mary and Joseph, at the right time, bring Jesus to the temple to be consecrated. So he puts himself in the right place. And then, in verse 27, it says, moved by the Spirit. So having you got him, then this guy is obviously sensitive to the, to the moving of the Holy Spirit. This guy, he didn't just turn up one you know, day. He, he, I believe he intentionally placed himself where, you know, where it's easier. And then, on this particular day, the Holy Spirit moved him, and he went to the temple. I would think he was probably expectant. But I, I wonder how many times he'd done that, and actually... It worked out a bit differently. That, I wonder how many days he overcame disappointment. 
What do you think? I, I, I reckon probably, probably a number. And that's one of the challenges of Christianity is overcoming disappointment. Is it? God told me. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Keep believing. <clears throat> so one of the problems with disappointment is it, it can drain you unless you keep... <laughs> Unless you keep under the tap. Seriously. The best way to deal with disappointment is stay under the tap. Because then you've got enough joy. If you don't stay under the tap, disappointment will empty you quite quickly. It really will. What's the remedy for disappointment? Hope. How do you get hope? God, he's the source of hope. How do I know that? Because God is love, and love always hopes. So he's always got more than enough hope. He's got enough hope for the whole world. And that's another thing. So if you keep pouring in, then actually you get hope that spreads out. You should create, a, you should create, create not just a, a joyful environment, but a hopeful environment. Where people think, hey, anything can happen around here. So, so this guy's moved by the Spirit... And then, so he allows himself to be led by the Spirit. The key thing is here, this is interesting, this, is that uh, when the parents, so that's Mary and Joseph, brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon, Simeon took him in, him in his arms and praised God, saying, I thought, this, is, this is remarkable, this man recognized the presence of God. He recognised. How, how many other people were watching that day? Probably a lot. Is it up there? Yeah, Simon took him in his arms and God saying. So, this man had attuned his life to the presence of God. So that he would recognise when God was present. And able then to engage in what God was actually doing. That is another key for your Christian Christian life. Recognise when God is present and move for that. Recognise when he's not present and don't go for that. And that's what we've had to do actually with Kenya this, this week. Recognise and actually, oop, I don't think God's on that. And um, one of the re- reasons I recognise that, that actually... Um, there are, there are human circumstances behind it as well, which are, you know, do with security concerns, but that wasn't the prime reason. It was a sense of somehow I, I felt that the, the, the cloud lifted off this because I lost my peace and joy. When you lose your peace and joy, actually, it's worth taking note of. Okay? And I, so I was working by, and I was examining myself. Was I getting fearful? But what happened? Well, um, and I'll, I'll lead you to a passage in a minute which will help you understand this. But I've tried to attune myself to, to God's presence and, and such that I know when he's not there. Does it make, make sense to you? And I want to be where he is. Now, I know he's everywhere. I understand that. And he's in me. And I can. But actually, there's a sense of actually moving with him. And Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. Yes? So, 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 so this guy, Simeon, he, he is tuned in and he sees... Wow! And he, then he gets the promise. His promise, doesn't he? Isn't that amazing way to live? Sometimes you have to wait a while for your promises to come about. And then he blessed the work of God 
And then he said, I can die in peace now. He lived in peace. So, can we move to Exodus chapter 40, Dave? Exodus 40, if you've got it, yeah. Sorry about that. I'm just keeping him on his toes at the back there. So it's, we will be back to that one. I wanted to just... Exodus 40, verse uh, 34, I'm going on, says this. <clears throat> this is when the, the, um, the tabernacle has been made and it's being consecrated and it's been dedicated for the use. And the glory of God comes and fills... Uh, the tent of meeting and the tabernacle in, a, in such a way that even Moses couldn't get in. Now, Moses is used to encountering God. And this is another clue. I want you to always be ready for the more of God. Because no matter what you've experienced so far, there's more. It's very simple. Okay, God is infinite and eternal, so there's always more. I won't go into that detail, but it's simple. It's a bit of logic. If God's infinite, there's always more to have. If He's eternal, you can always have more. So when people say, "How much? How much of God do you think you can have?" I, I go more. That, that's an answer for today, and it's an answer for tomorrow. So no matter how much of God I have today, there's more tomorrow. Yeah, my experience of God should be ever increasing. That's why Christianity is never dull. Challenging, but not dull. <clears throat> so, the cloud covered the tent of the meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled upon it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Now, this is the bit I want to get to. In verse 36, it says this. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. That's, that's the way to live your Christianity. When God's doing it, get stuck in. If he's not, don't. There's certain things that you work out. God's always doing healing. Get stuck in. <laughs> he likes doing it. He's, he's really good at it. He doesn't stop doing it. <clears throat> Verse 38, the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day and the fire was in the cloud by night in sight of all the house of Israel during all their travels. I find that a staggering verse. So for 40 years, as the Israelites wandered around the wilderness, they had the cloud by day and the fire by night. That's something awesome, isn't it? Is it not? How many, how many, just, just imagine, look out there, there's a cloud, a pillar of cloud, that's the presence of God, just there. That would be your daily, you wake up and that'd be, oh yeah, and if you woke up at night, it'd be fire instead. Somebody said to me this week, there's a reason for that, because it was a desert climate, they needed the cloud for shade and the fire, for light and warmth at night. I thought about that before, that's kind of cool. Um, <clears throat> Imagine that, 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 that would be your daily portion. And that is the grace of God because, do you know what? They weren't meant to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. That was because of their rebellion. So if God, in their rebellion, provides them with that sort of 
indication of his presence. That is amazing grace. Now, what the Bible goes on to say is this, that the glory that existed in those days is far outweighed by the glory that we have now. So most of you would think, that would do me. That, that cloud, that fire thing, I'd be, I, phew, yeah, just, just line that up for me in Christianity, I'd be happy. And it'd be very easy because I would know when it's lifting because I could see it. It'd be straightforward. Do you know? Where, where's the cloud of glory and fire now? It's inside you. He's called Holy Spirit. <laughs> you have something greater than what they experienced inside you and he's with you and he's not going anywhere in one sense, but he will lead you if you let him in the, in the most extraordinary life, which is why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come to give you a little bit of forgiveness of sins and, and try and keep you sort of on an even keel. Jesus came to give you life in all its fullness. Yeah, he didn't come just to, to wipe our sins away. <clears throat> He did that so that we could live a full life and put it on display for planet Earth so that the world will know that God is good. I'm excited about that. How how full is that life? Well, depends what you do with your lid. It really does. It's up to you how full you live this life. I would suggest you throw the lid away. Risk it. See, what, what, what will... Why you put the lid on there is because you're frightened of it spilling out. Fear will keep you from fulfilling all that God has for you. It goes on to say, <coughs> at the end of... Luke chapter 2, and I haven't got time to go into this depth, but it's the story of when Jesus uh, uh, goes up to Jerusalem with his parents at the age of 12. And it's important to understand, at the age of 12, he, becomes an, he became an adult in their society. Because some people read that question, oh, he was a naughty boy because he didn't tell his parents where he was. No, he was actually, at that point, he, he was an adult. Um, and they, 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 they don't know he's missing for, for a, you know, a day, which actually tells of community as well. That actually, they're... they're, they're they lived in the community, and so Mary and Joseph didn't realise, and then they go back and find him. And eventually they find him in the temple, and Jesus is surprised when they find him, isn't he? He says, well, well, didn't you know where I was? Surely you. And he said, what's his explanation? Didn't you know that I would be in my father's house? And what, what, what it says then, it says, they didn't understand him. But he went with them. Now, this is the key for me, and I think this is really important, that that what we're, what we're talking about is that Jesus came to introduce us into a level of relationship with God that is family, not business. We're no longer slaves. We have a Father in heaven who loves us. And Jesus was surprised with his parents that they didn't realize he would be with his Father. Spending time. And this is, this is the joy of Christianity, is that we get time to spend with the Father. He's my Father in heaven, and he, he keeps on filling me up. 
That's who I run to. He's the one I run into his arms. He's everything I need. And it's the Holy Spirit inside me cries out, Abba, Father. It's this relationship with God that, that that's, you know, I, have a, I have a personal relationship with God. I'm not a slave. He's a good, good father. And it's who he is. And, uh, and I'm loved by him. That's who I am. Um, just in a moment, I'm going to put a song on. We're going to do it off YouTube. But this, this, this is a, what it says. He's a good, good father. He says, it's, it's who you are. That's who God is. He's a good, good father. And I'm loved. That's who I am. So I want you to know your identity is you're loved by God. And if you ever doubt that, just think of Jesus coming. And Holy Spirit inside you right now. 